This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. This is Allison Kay. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love getting advice from people who have done more than me and gone faster than me in certain areas of their business life. And that's what I think you're going to get from this next guest. He's got a lot of insights for you related to digital marketing. So hang on and take a listen. So we are speaking with Matt Orlick, who is founder of Inspired Digital Group. He has also been a part of growing over 25 businesses and brands over the last 15 years. And as I said, he is an expert at strategic social selling, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what works and what doesn't work. But of course, we always want to hear about his business journey. So we are heading to Croatia today, and we are speaking with Matt. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be you. Hey, tell us, um, you are in Croatia, but I, I believe you operate globally. So tell us a little bit about this wonderful business that you're currently um, spearheading and what delightful thing you do for your customers and clients. Yeah, well, one of the businesses we own is Inspire Digital Group, and essentially we help e-commerce businesses scale to seven, eight, or, or nine figures. And it's actually funny, the business was born from essentially a need internally. I used to develop brands and sell them to mass retailers, like, I don't know, like in the US, Walmart, et cetera. And overnight, an Australian retailer went bust and I lost about five, $6 million overnight. They were a billion dollar retailer. And wow. that's where like, that was, that was like the house for like a lot of my brands. And it just let me super vulnerable. So I was like, you know, I can't be this vulnerable again. You know, I can't let this happen to myself again. And I thought like, okay, this is where I have to pivot and learn D to C. And that's where my DTC journey really began. Like I had to figure out how to sell my brands online. I couldn't just rely on these retailers. And then from there, like we just had massive success earlier on, I think, because we're probably looking at online marketing slightly differently because our offline background. And then we had essentially just friends of mine, like that had businesses said, hey, can you help us? Because we developed a system called like the Econ Pentagon that I developed my brands. Then we helped my first friend, his, his supplement business go from 500K to $20 million a year. And that kind of, Word just spread, you know, like anything in, in entrepreneurship is a pretty small knit circle when you start doing some decent numbers. And then people just kept asking me like for help. And, and my team had a bit more like extended resource on the side. So we did. And I guess that's how the agency was born. Here we are today. And I know, let's talk about this. Some of these, these original, um, these businesses that you, you've, you've touched and, and other businesses that you have today, in addition to the digital marketing, give us just a little bit more on that. 
Yeah, well, okay. So like 26 businesses in like 15 years, everything from, I don't know, I had licenses to brands like Liverpool and Manchester United. I developed the world's first Angry Birds flying toy. I had a tattoo removal laser clinic, so I was getting my own tattoo removed. Um, I have a supplement retail store, <laughs> I have an online supplement business. I owned a manufacturing plant for supplements, um, a digital, uh, sorry, cold calling, telemarketing company, business coaches. I don't know where I should, should stop. But well, Matt, I'm just I think... laughing because I, I think you've got to be a person that rarely sleeps. That's, that's what I think because most people you talk to have adjacent brands and you've kind of got brands a little bit. I don't want to say all over the place because that sounds like I'm not being polite, <laughs> but quite yeah, diverse. Yeah, look, yeah, I'm like the biggest whore when it comes to entrepreneurship, and <laughs> that's in the nice way. And it wasn't like it's not like I'm like a really expensive whore, you know, like in Russia, like ten thousand dollars. And I know it's like a really cheap one on the street, just selling myself for anything and anything. So, <laughs> but I learned a lot, but I don't regret it. Well, and and I think this is. What you also said, though, about learning lessons about being vulnerable in in business. So it it sounds like part of your strategies, I mean, is diversification, which we talk about as business leaders all the time. You you can't have all your eggs in one product line basket. It just it doesn't serve anybody well. So I can see how it how it happened. Hey, let's let's talk about social social selling. You you are an expert, and you have a team of experts that particularly sure. focus on Facebook ad revenue growth. And um, I don't know if this statistic is still current, but from $31 million of ad spend, you've seen over $200 million of return on um, investment for your customers over the last 12 months, give, give, or, give or take. So those are some pretty um, impressive numbers. I think it was 46 million spent and 270, whatever, similar, yeah. Yeah, so so, so very, um, very impressive return on investment. I also know um, if you go to the website that you offer a service that it, that is a, a brand audit to audit what people are already doing before they, they dive in deep with you, which I think is wonderful. But before we got on this call, you mentioned that you really are trend, tracking the trends and the transitions happening related to digital marketing. Can you give us a little bit of insight of what was working before and, and what you're seeing, how people need to pivot today or just be more thoughtful in what they're doing today? Yeah, sure. I think the landscape has fundamentally changed in terms of how Facebook, let's say, does their targeting, right? They're stripping a lot of interests out. Attribution is getting stripped out as well. So where a lot of the heavy lifting was done before by the algorithm or um, by, by Facebook or the retargeting mechanisms, now essentially we have to be better marketers. We can't rely so much on the Facebook algorithms. What does that mean? But that means that our creative messaging and our creative strategy becomes more important. And our interest targeting comes in the form of our messaging, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. to give you a really rough example, um, we have brands say football supplements. We have to create three different avatars from a Sunday league player to a semi-pro to a professional. Sorry. So we have to work out what market awareness stage are they at. And then we have to create different pain points, hopes, dreams, and desires based on that market awareness stage, based on that avatar. And that's how granular we have to get with our messaging today in order to be able to target these people properly on the social platforms so we're not relying on Facebook because those people are going to engage 
in that messaging because it's really directly related to them. And then Facebook's going to serve more of their messaging to those types of people. You know, this is what's working for us. It's a lot more work, which a lot of people, businesses or even agencies don't want to do, but fundamentally they have to do if they want to survive, I believe. What general advice do you have for entrepreneurs that you're speaking to today when it comes to their marketing stack or their marketing strategies? Is there anything that you find yourself talking about a lot? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the main thing I'd get them to focus on is like a single product with a single avatar at a single market awareness level, right? I'm not the one maybe believer that you have to go to one channel as well. I wouldn't maybe go that far. Like I'd still have that messaging and dial that into that one product or maybe across a couple of channels, like maybe Google, Facebook, or TikTok. I wouldn't worry about the one channel because no channel is really stable. But one thing you'd have to work out is your product offering per your product avatar and awareness level. This is something that fundamentally needs to work out and that will get you to a million dollars a year. I love that. Really great, great wisdom. And I think to your point, what you need to do to get to that next level, when you're talking about trying to get to millions of dollars, if any of our entrepreneurs and listeners haven't done it yet, I think those are some really great pieces of advice. Matt, I want to switch and talk about your operations and your teams, because you you clearly have stated that, you know, you're a man who, who balances a lot, runs a lot. What does your mm-hmm. structure look like in terms of um, the top level? Yeah, sure. So I think it was about six, seven years ago, I was trying to juggle all these companies, you know, fundamentally myself, it was about 13 I had at the time. And obviously, like you mentioned before, like sleep was, wasn't a priority. And I actually, as a reference point, I was saying, saying something the other day, I don't remember getting a haircut where I didn't fall asleep while taking a haircut, like back in the day. That was just like the reference point of how fucking tired I was. But apart from that, I realized that at some stage, I got great advice from a mentor. He said, as a founder, you have to worry about three things, right? One, make sure you have the vision of the company. Number two, hire the right people. Number three, make sure there's money in the bank and then just get the fuck out of the way. And then how hard that was for me, especially being the day day every single day, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like excruciating. Once I did it with one company and I saw that the company started operating better without me, that was just like a light bulb moment. I was like, yeah, wow, this is the, this is the way to do it. And, and every company that I start now, I look at myself as a business designer. So I'm looking the first time, I'm like, who's, who's the CEO that I can hire? to build this company out for me. Do you know what I mean? That's not, not even, it's not even really about the actual company. It's more about who are the people that I can attract into this company based on its vision, its values, and you know, what it's looking to do. Cause ultimately they're going to run the business, not me. I love the phrase looking at yourself as a business designer. I, I think that's a hard lesson for a lot of people. When I talk to founding CEOs and they tell the story of when they realized they needed to hire a CEO and get out of the get out of the way or or go back and place their time in, in areas that they absolutely love because you know trying to run the total business on a daily basis um, it can be exhausting especially if you're the type of person that gets the the thrill of the rush of the growth and the scale up and the starting new things so I, I think that's really interesting insight and i'm going to 
I'm going to steal that and use it, that you look at yourself as the busiest designer. Um, what would you say helps you keep, keep fresh when it comes to market trends these days? Anything you're reading, watching, listening to, network you're going to? Yeah, look, I'll be honest, I have probably a group of, a very small group of people I might look up to. But apart from that, like for me, it was always information paralysis. And I always found that like, no matter what I look back, the biggest learning for me was actually doing the work itself. And this is, I think, the biggest problem today. People aren't just taking action. Like, for example, if you're going to learn about Facebook advertising, you'll learn more about spending $5,000 on Facebook advertising than reading 10 different books on Facebook advertising, you know, and doing the work is going to create a lot more wisdom because in the day, that's why I look at it, you have information and then you have experience. And then when they're combined, that's actually wisdom. But otherwise, you know, knowledge is like just with information, is just information. So, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. You've done all of these businesses. Do you have any that were your darling, that were your absolute favorite that you really loved the most? No. No. <laughs> not really. I think they all had its they all had its part. Um there's not one that I can I can hand over heart say this is my favorite. Not really, to be honest. Probably the one that I'm started now recently, it's called Purple Supplements. That's probably the one of the ones that are closest to my heart because it's connecting a lot of different authentic values within myself in a company. The most data points I guess I could find. Um, but apart from that, and maybe Cure Skincare, to be honest, because Cure Skincare is a company I started with my sister and that's like her dream company. So uh -huh. it means a lot seeing her and see how fulfilled she is. With the, like we had a record day yesterday and see how happy she is from that record day is probably, yeah, the best feeling I've had in terms of business so far. Okay. I know you you did share at the beginning um, when things went wrong that any, I always talk about naked truths, any, any hard lessons learned along the way, if you went back and go, oh, that one was a major F up, that just, I wish that had gone a different way. Yeah, not, not really, because I think, all in all in business, it's never, and I think this is in life in general, right? It's never, you can't control what you look at, but you can always control what you see. And fundamentally, maybe able to reframe narratives consistently got me through my entrepreneur journey. Like I had an extremely tough journey, like the amount of things that went wrong, the amount of fuck ups happened to me. Like, I think people didn't even believe me, but then I look back at all the biggest, lowest points stemmed the seeds for the next tree that would outblossom the previous fuck up. One really quick example, as an example, as a quick example, was the reason my digital marketing agency today is because I lost that five million dollars overnight mm -hmm. because the billion retail went bust. Without it, I wouldn't have done gone to digital as early. I wouldn't have had success I had in digital so early. Wouldn't launch on online brands. So I'm so happy that that happened at the time. Another example is when I had a national recall of a hundred thousand power banks almost blew up someone's house. Um, but the next business I started was in hoverboards when everyone else's hoverboards were blowing up. I had a PhD in batteries because of that recall I had previously. And then I had a multi-million dollar business for the next seven or eight years until I sold it because of the lessons I learned during that big fuck up. So, yeah. Wow. I thank you. I thank you for sharing that. And I, I think that's what is what most people will say is, is to reframe the narrative. 
uh, easier said than sometimes done when you're going through the the thick of it. But no, I, I appreciate it. That's why I love talking, as I was saying to you before we started recording, uh, entrepreneurs, because yeah, like, you can be so authentic. I'd love to give you one more. I'd love to okay. give you one more example. This was very recent. An acting CEO, and he's like kind of down at the moment because football subs isn't doing as well as it should. For example, we paid a lot of money to sponsor a team, like the one I'm wearing, Atletico Madrid, hundreds and thousands of dollars, and all the professional players. The team that we picked and the player we picked both having the worst seasons of their life, like in their 15-year history. So obviously, when we're doing marketing now with these teams, nothing's working. And he's all down and out. And and I'm the opposite. And I'm literally beaming. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, no, this means like we are going to make it. Because this, this such unfortunate events happened, once we get through this, it actually means I'm more confident than ever now that we will have a successful business because this has happened. So, and that happened yesterday. Well, and now he's, he's, he's more optimistic. Well, here in Chicago, we follow certain sports teams and you have to say, well, you can't go up if you haven't been down. You can't show the, you can't show the miraculous recovery story if you haven't, if you haven't had the, the tough spots. So yeah. for, for sure, for sure. Hey, what brings you joy outside of, outside of business? I, I, I imagine your, your business brings you immense joy. But what do you like to fill any of your uh, hobby time with? Skydiving oh. and taking the world's most obscure substances. I'm like a psychonaut, if that makes sense by definition. Ah, okay, okay, fabulous. Haven't had that answer before, so thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for sharing that one. Hey, if people want to learn more, uh, come to you for your business. Where should they go, and what should they do? Yeah, look, what we're offering um, based on this podcast is a free audit of all the ad accounts. So they simply go to inspiredbrandsgroup.com, I think it is. They can apply for a free audit there. And then one of our senior teams will go through the ad account and give them actionable advice as to what they can improve and change as if we were going to run the account. And that's for free. Well, thank you so much for that for our listeners. Hey, to our listeners, if Matt said something that you think somebody else needs to know or to hear, please share a copy of this episode with them. As always, um, take a look at my book, Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy. And like we always like to say, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Matt, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today. Thank you. What a fun. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.